0: Hi, and welcome to episode 13 of The Green Room. I am Nick, and today, once again, joined by James. Hi there, Nick. How, How are, you, are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <clears throat> good. You all right yourself? Very good. Excellent. Very good. We've got another masterclass for, we have, for everyone today. We
1: have. So today, we, it's our final one,
0: actually, in the series. <clears throat> A bit we sad, are, but... Um, we're basically
1: mopping up the little bits that we haven't touched on thus far. Yes, um, final
0: masterclass episode thirteen. I like for some, but we're not filming on a Friday, so we should uh, be alright. Yeah.
1: We should be alright, yeah. No, 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 So um we are what are we going to cover? Things like windows, doors, conservatories, conservatories flat roofs, yeah. um, green roofs, uh pipe lagging, hot water tanks, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think sort of various areas of the property that you lose lots of heat. Um, and when you sort of look at them all together, yes. it makes quite a big portion of your, your sort of heating bills.
0: So we've done uh, solid solid walls already. Solid walls, cavity walls we've done.
1: We've done lofts as well, I think, so far. Yes. So that's, uh, that's about it. I'm quite jealous you've got a cup of tea there. I'm always prepared for these things. Yeah. <clears throat> Good. I'm less prepared today. Only today. On my normal. Um, and also, right, a few things before we start. Admin things. So, number one, we've had a few comments about uh, Harry, who was our editor, and uh, she has now been mic'd up. Hello! Previously, uh, people have questioned what she's saying, because they can't hear. So, hopefully that will help you hear her. Um, Also, Nick, Mm -hmm. where can you follow us? How can you access our podcast?
0: I'm just accessing it here right as we speak, so... um well, the way I always do it I always go to the green age website so it's www.thegreenage.co.uk. I go on to the top <clears> top right part. so next to energy saving blogs sorry energy saving guides uh, is a link to uh, to the podcast right and then that then opens up a window and then within that window you see all the means of where you can find us okay so shall I listen name, name, name a few it's so Amazon. Amazon. No, it's Amazon. Sorry, Apple. 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 Apple iTunes. Um, uh, the Spotify, which I use quite yeah. a lot. Actually, I listen to us all the time. You, uh, you do do. You, you finish do. this and you listen to us again. Again, yeah. I watch Excellent. the video several times and then you know. That's just, good. Just play I it. I, I play it. Commitment. Play the uh, background. Play the background as I'm doing something. Um, you can also find us on Stitcher. Uh, tune on t- tunnel. Tune on. T- tune in radio. Tune in radio.
1: Good. You obviously don't listen to us on that. No, I don't listen Fine. to it.
0: so because I found it very difficult to pronounce. And I think that's it. Well, apart from YouTube, obviously.
1: YouTube, if you want to watch us
0: yes. rather than listen. But not watch us while you're driving. No, so exactly, Don't, don't ever do that. I saw someone actually um, really scary. They were actually watching TV as they were driving on, on a major motorway. Really? Yeah, it was just...
1: Nice. Gosh. Interesting. interesting do not
0: do that. Choice. Download one of our podcasts. And listen at your leisure. Just, exactly,
1: exactly. Right. So, let's kick off with roofs. So, yes. we've done lofts, mm-hmm. but uh, in terms of your thermal envelope, sorry, my hands are a bit weird today, and if you're watching on a video, if you're listening, less weird, but I've got my dog with me just here, so occasionally I will pet him so he doesn't start barking. Yes. So, I apologise if you're watching me and you're wondering what I'm doing with my hands. Um, right, so we've got uh, roofs, we've, we've sort of done lofts. we the done lofts, a uh, lofts, yep. Exactly. But we haven't really touched on a flat roof.
0: Okay, so when I think of flat roofs, I divide it into two categories. So um, you typically find flat roofs on all different types of properties. One I always think of is is when I'm in London and just and I see you know it's really sunny and stuff and people have got some something going on on top of their roofs. You got all these old style buildings but they've yeah. got a flat roof. People climb up and then they just you know, we'll have sit a barbecue there, and stuff like that. So I think of that, but also think of extensions. Yep. That's another way you can have a flat roof. Yeah. Um, if you're wanting to then retrofit that, obviously the insulation would sit somewhere within that structure. So uh, a warm roof, for instance, the way I uh, think of it is the insulation sits in the top half, so below the, the felting. Uh, the insulation sits at that top layer. So, so it's uh,
1: just beneath the protective roof barrier. So it's kind of
0: inverted, whereas the cold roof is basically when you've taken the ceiling down and you've got all of the rafters, yeah. normally you'd fix that insulation in between the rafters and then re- re-plaster it or actually to bring down the ceiling by putting the insulation on the inside. Okay. Um, so which, which would you prefer? Uh, for, well, for, uh, I think bit like the external to internal insulation if you did it in in terms of as a as a warm roof Mm -hmm. not only would you at the same time uh look to protect the roof and and potentially waterproof it again by refelting it uh, i would do the warm roof because um then you know it's much better for say stuff like um, interstitial condensation so actually, okay. um, do you want
1: to tell our listeners what interstitial conversation is? So yeah,
0: basically where you've got um, warm air and cold air. Um, at that point, the the vapor uh, condenses um, where where there's where there's that dew point. Um, obviously, if you can bring that out to, towards the outer skin, yeah, you're not you're not going to get potentially condensation in the fabric, which can then you know over time freeze and all sorts well, just of you know lead to lead to penetration etc. Yeah. So I'd, I'd yeah I'd do um, a warm roof and protect protect it from the elements at the same time, still keeping kind of the energy efficiency. Okay. Side of it. And also you yes. probably store some of it in, in the ceiling in terms of the warm warmth retention.
1: Mm. Although you do have to, and it's probably not very big, but there is that little void. Yeah. That you would have to heat by having a warm roof. Yes. Right. So I'm heating a slightly bigger space. I guess, yes. Or volume of air. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Are yeah. looking at me weirdly there,
2: Harry? Okay? <laughs> no, just thinking that um, I think the warm roof style is usually preferred in the UK just because of weather conditions.
1: Yeah, and as Nick was saying, it means it gives you an excuse to replace your roof at the same time. Yeah. So it's not bad. Um, there are other roofing products apart from felt. Yes. Uh, I can't remember. Green anything. roofs? Green roofs?
0: That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. I've been, uh, I was in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and I was on say Vancouver Island which I think it is there's this sort of park in the middle looking back at their convention center has it's just a it's massive and uh, massive green roof which basically means it's kind of got like vegetation growing on yes um, and they're quite they look quite fun mm-hmm. I mean it's it beats looking out across London and seeing glass everywhere yeah um, but I don't know how effective they are in terms of thermal efficiency
2: it depends yeah. there's there's quite a lot of difference between them so do you know the <clears> different <throat> kinds of green roofs
1: I don't, Harry.
2: (laughs) Luckily for you, I do. Um, So it's basically a scale between um, uh, extensive green rooms and intensive green rooms. Right. Um, So an extensive one is one that you just kind of... Extensive. yeah, I'm sure that's what yeah, it they're it well. <laughs> um, that you just kind of uh, chuck on, um, and it's kind of like low growing sedum or whatever, and you can kind of just, just leave it. Okay. Um, and then you get to. So you're always
1: hoping like uh, sort of, well, like anything grows on it
2: essentially. Yeah, but you're, I mean, the, the idea Lots is that you only stuff. need to go and check it like once or twice Fine. a year and okay, kind well. of just leave it to it um, Yeah. Uh, and then you get, um, up the scale, you get towards uh, semi-intensive or intensive um, green well, roofs, which is like... Yeah, exactly. Pickens. It's, it's nice. just getting more and more stuff. Um, but uh, but obviously different costs and different associated maintenance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. So that's it. <clears throat> would you have a green roof?
2: Uh,
0: no. But um, <laughs> what I would say, though, is yeah. I would very happily go to a... London rooftop bar that had a green roof and just kind of enjoy the ambience, of the situation. Off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd really love to do that. Um, I was thinking, yeah, there was um, I think one of the Attenborough programs. I think the last one, Planet Earth Two, was it? I don't know. So there was a, I think <clears throat> what they were doing in um, uh, cities like uh, Hong Kong and Singapore. Yeah. So turning them into kind of like eco, so turning the buildings into kind of like an eco, like <laughs> ecosystem, so green mm-hmm. walls and green roofs. Okay. Um, just because, yeah, they've always kind of historically had high pollution levels. So the more greenery they've, that they've got, they're obviously um, cleaning up that air and stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully it takes off a bit more in, in London. I'd love to see it. If I, if I come back
1: from a green roof, back to where we were talking about before, what kind of – let's go right back. So we've covered it on all the different sort of measures for the external surfaces of the property. What kind of materials do you use on a flat roof?
0: Uh, well, I could, you could um, – what, for the insulation? yeah. Uh, so something like a PIR board. PIR board is um like Celotex, Kingspan, yeah, uh, Ecotherm, Ecotherm. Um, speaking to them quite recently, actually. But on. Uh, Trade show, yeah. So they've got all different types of roofing products, but uh, you can use um, wool.
1: You're using that because you can use sort of a minimal thickness, essentially, yeah. to achieve really good efficiency levels.
0: Yeah, and also it's if you set it as a warm roof, it's <coughs> quite solid um, mm-hmm. when you set it down. Decent
1: platform to put the exactly. whatever top you have on.
0: And then internally, I guess if you potentially got a choice, so if you're taking the ceiling down and you've got the uh, rafters, then you, you can use a, a wool product. Yeah. So, okay. fiberglass or sheep's wool. Well. A little
1: bit like I guess when we are talking about the suspended floors.
0: Yes. But um, just obviously do we do the talking? other way around, you'd have yeah. to, or you'd have to sort of keep it in position by stapling it. To, yeah. the, to the back. So, well, you shove the
1: insulation between, then basically hold it in place with a staple Somehow, gun, yeah. or you put a net and just hold it all mm-hmm. up there. But there's the yeah,
0: there's there's um, <coughs> there's lots of. So, in my throat so Maybe even even um uh, warm roofs are now sold the systems so I assist them so it's it's um, um f- from the from the structure it's housed in to the insulation board to how it's finished mm-hmm. and then the system providers on, on roofing systems out okay. there that, that do the whole thing rather than the, the kind individual, of individual products. yeah
1: and we prefer systems system is good because better. you can
0: get yeah the, the warranties and yeah, you can get yeah the approved yeah, okay. installers etc etc so yeah definitely um you speak to one of the major manufacturers and get a specification for the system. Good idea. Yeah.
2: There's one type of roof we haven't talked about. Which is? Thatched roofs. Thatched? Thatched roofs. Right. How good? In, yeah, a little bit. How how good at uh, insulating are they?
1: Really good.
2: Really good if they're well maintained. So, okay. um, so if you've got kind of 350 um, mils of straw or 450 of reed, which is kind of the... Standard the recommended, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then you're looking at a U-value of about 0.2. me. Yeah, they're better than you'd think. Um, it's really but good they job. do require maintenance. And obviously the other thing is that they're made out of renewable materials. So. Yes,
1: and you need quite a skill set to... Yeah, the labour is
2: the huge cost there.
1: Because I think it's one of those dying trades, isn't it?
2: I think it's coming back. They, so? yeah. Yeah. yeah, hipsters love a good thatched roof. Yeah, did it. So
1: is that where you the get the buttresses,
0: yeah. buttresses, and <laughs> lime finishes, and all that sort of stuff? Mm. Uh,
2: but there's a big difference between a well maintained thatched roof, obviously, and a an a poorly maintained one in terms of insulation value. I bet.
1: I bet. Okay. Cool. Well, there we go. That thatched roofs, I crossed my mind. Yeah. Um. But hopefully, so that sort of covers roofs, I guess. Uh, so next we're going on to windows give me the yeah,
0: headlines about windows uh, well so from well windows basically for hundreds of years uh, the single panel glazing windows um, out of a wooden frame so your sash windows is an example of that you'd see them in all kind of or you used to see them on old old school uh, period properties mm-hmm. to then moving on to probably say seventy seventies. Yeah. When you've got the double, double glazing, glazing
1: sort of come in. Uh,
0: and then it really took off in the eighties and nineties where you had just about anyone selling them. Uh, with with those adverts. Yes. Those great you adverts
1: don't pay anything on your energy bills. Yeah, you know, which uh, you know obviously
0: proved over time not to be um well not to be how they came out in reality because um, the savings
1: weren't as big as as Yes.
0: That's that's a better way of putting it. Because <laughs> the thing is the you know as we talked about the fabric of the house mm-hmm. windows on say on an average house would at most probably take up about twenty percent of the surface area yeah at the lower end about ten percent or less, especially if your house was say a fifty sixty style where they used to make them you know with the really small windows but um and the
1: majority it, therefore is wall yes, and yeah. then the the other
0: measures that we talked about are more more effective but anyway, so um there's a big kind of movement I'd say now from certain window providers that they're saying that um, oh you know if you've got double glazing you should get new double glazing or even triple glazing Yeah. and I would say if your double glazing system is fine then there's no reason why you, you should replace it for something like triple glazing and, and stuff like that maybe you know you'd want to say from because you've got all that cash lying around and you're looking for other things than energy maybe you looking for a bit more Sound tightness, yeah. But I, I, would just say for all of that money, maybe the seal
1: like, has gone on the double glazing. Yeah,
0: but you know, fogged up a little if bit. It's, if it's kind of PVC windows, i probably wouldn't take them all out. I'd, I'd sort Not of do a window. By one, window yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, so I think, I think
1: the the thing that you, you sort of covered very briefly was that if you're comparing walls and windows, walls and windows are, you know, a standard brick wall and a standard single glaze window are both terrible in terms of energy saving. But because of wall, you don't need to see through it. Mm-hmm. I can do loads to it. I can have loads and loads of insulation. So I can take a really terrible heat retaining wall, essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and make it amazing, make it really efficient. With windows, they're pretty crap, mm-hmm. right? Initially, single glaze. Mm-hmm. Even if I take it to the best spec window available, it's like 0.7U value. Yes. Right, which isn't really very good anyway. So you're taking it from really bad to okay. Yes, and so I think that's kind of one of the you're always fighting a bit of a losing battle, yes. basically, mm-hmm. and I think you're right. I think when you replace and as you say, if you go from any double glazing to brand new double glazing, the payback will be hundreds of years type think yes, um, and so it's definitely not something we would recommend uh can you reseal a double glaze unit?
0: I think yes, the companies companies offer that, yeah, but um. Because we, know, how we how get a lot of questions. Fe- like that. I mean, how effective is that over?
1: I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do. We get lots of questions on that one because someone, as you say, they'll have one window where the seal will have gone, mm. and so in the winter months it gets cold and it sort of fogs up in inside the window. Um, not overly effective, yeah. In truth, because um, what you're, well, there are lots of different ways of doing it, mm. but it isn't very effective. We would always suggest taking out that double glazed. Element swapping with a new one.
0: Yeah, or well, I suppose a cheaper, cheaper way if you kind of don't mind the aesthetics and and se- secondary glazing is becoming more aesthetically pleasing. You could always stick a secondary glazing panel on it, but then so secondary glazing like eco, eco ease. Eco ease, yeah, is, is an example where it's, and that's
1: that's removable. That's yes, on sort the of a temporary secondary temporary glazing structure. system. So
0: that's good for say uh, a period property that has some sort of. Conservation stroke listing status. Yeah, you, you could always put that on because it's a temporary structure. And that's
1: yeah. So so if you had uh, one of those properties, so a property that's period property, or, or or it's in a conservation area, and you want to put double glazing in, you need to get planning. Mm. And if that planning means that the windows are going to change dramatically. Then you're going to not be allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. So putting something that you can then take off, i.e., this temporary secondary glazing. There's a video of me doing it. Yes. Have you seen that video?
0: Yes. So it's um, funny enough done back in 2014, I think. Blimey. So uh, yeah, if you, see, if you want to see if you want know. to see James, yeah, if you want to see James um, retrofit his uh, flat with, uh, well, can you, if you just have
1: James Eco, uh, Come on that would be amazing. Anyway, while while you
0: while um, while I'm trying to find that out, what I what I'd say is. Um, I really like the, um, going back on to double glazing in terms of period props. I really like the double glazed sash windows, but they're, they're incredibly really expensive.
1: Nice. Yeah, you can, so if you have single uh, single glazed sash windows, <clears throat> you can find local companies that will just add a double glazed unit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes a big difference, you know, because it means you're keeping your old windows. Yeah. But if you were to go and buy a new wooden double glazed sash window... You know the price might be 15, 1600 quid a window, pretty easily, right? If you're trying to replace just the double glazing element in an old unit, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're going to swap out the single glazing unit for a double glazing, unit. just the window bit of it, yep. not all the sort of sash elements. You're looking at two thirds of the cost anyway, mm-hmm. so it's a really expensive way to go. I can see that video there. So the, fi-
0: the film was done six years ago actually, which is it's a Have long I changed? time ago. No, not not a not a not no, not at all. So <laughs> still looking at your youthful youthful self, which really is good. Good. So good, in good form. But that was um, so so basically, um whilst you replaced so this this was like a um sort of multiple was a massive window frame and it's sort of subdivided into different um mini windows, I suppose. Yes. And then you tackled probably the largest windows, which you replaced. With double
1: glazing. And then the top ones are still single glazed. I remember doing it, and the top ones were single glazed. Yes. And I didn't replace those with double glazed units, so I bought secondary glazing in there. Yes. But I also, I lived on a really busy road there, yeah. and the secondary glazing is a lot better for acoustics mm-hmm. because it's all to do with the gap between the, the two panes of glass. Um, and so I put this, you know, that on. It really made a difference in mm-hmm. terms of sound. Noise pollution, I guess oh, you call it. Um, and then triple glazing, which we should mention. it. So if double glazing is two panes of glass with an inert gas between them. Like argon? Yeah. Any other inert gases? Do you remember uh, chemistry, GCSE?
0: No. But what did you say? Argon. Argon. Yeah.
1: I want to say xenon. That might be a chemical. Anyway, that's not going to say. Um, you're now looking up yeah, different Yeah. Anyway, so,
0: so if you so the, the the point there is, it went to inert gases <coughs> from vacuums. Yes. yes, exactly.
1: And then, but so basically, it so that was two bits of glass with this inert gas between it, and now they've gone to three panes of glass uh, with two gaps essentially. So that has so helped what, increase
0: um, what inert, 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 inert gas did you say? What was the other?
1: I'm sure it's like Z E N O N. xenon, xenon. Yeah, yeah. But it's with an
0: X. Yeah, Xenon, Radon, Krypton Argon. Like Xenon
1: the neon, Warrior Princess.
0: And Helium. No, that
1: wasn't Xenon the Warrior
0: Princess, was
2: it? No, <laughs> it Xenon. Xenon.
1: Yeah, Xenon
0: Warrior
2: Princess,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, but no, so triple glazing, uh, if you if you had single glazing now, definitely consider triple glazing. Yes. With wooden sash, normally they're, they're too heavy yeah. for triple glaze units. So you're looking you can get a UPVC triple glaze sash. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you, uh, sorry triple glazed casement windows yeah but if you're looking at sash windows so and then different double.
0: different styles obviously so you've got the kind of PVC look you've got the powder coated aluminum Yeah, L7016 very crittal popular windows Crittle as well they're cool yeah they look really smart yeah. I like those really expensive are they especially the double glazed Crittle windows makes sense yeah um, and you've got the so you've, you've got one, haven't you so it's a feature uh, where, where they've got the stained glass Windows, isn't it? It's
1: on my front door. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on my front door. Um, we're going to do doors, so that leads us nicely on to
0: And I was going to say, oh, one more thing. So if yeah. you're looking to, if you're doing a fabric retrofit approach, and people are asking, so, well, you know, should I do external rendering or insulation? What should I do first, windows or all that? What's the answer?
1: Well, external wall insulation.
0: And what, and then put the windows in?
1: Oh, no, I just thought you meant in terms of if you could only ever do one.
0: No, 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 the answer is No, you what, do the windows sequence? first,
1: you do the yeah. windows first, because yeah. obviously when you take the windows out, it destroys the render. Yes. Um, but, and also, when you get the windows put in, they can extend the sills, ready to yes. house the insulation, so you don't have to get your render company to do that, because mm-hmm. they never look as good. Yes. So, going back to doors. Hmm. Right, so I have uh, doors on my property. Yeah. And just, actually, it's worth mentioning, I was going to just say that, because you obviously get internal doors and external doors. Heat loss is not really considered to occur where between two heated rooms. Yeah, so if I've got a kitchen room and a I don't know a TV room next to each other and they are separated by a wall, no heat loss occurs there. When we talk about heat loss, we tend to be talking about through external walls into the But what you might
0: get, you might get the effect of. Um... Uh, discomfort, well, not the effect of, but the rather discomfort through um, convection currents. So say, for instance, your TV room—you've got a unblocked chimney, so yeah. that's lots safe. of heat can escape from there. Yeah, exactly, and it just might just come through the door into your heated corridor in your kitchen or the other sitting room. Yeah, you might actually feel the draft. Yeah, yeah. But that's not through the fabric; that's through yeah. convection currents. But but so but if
1: you're in a flat and you're on the third story, for example, mm. you know your heat isn't escaping downstairs because that's the flat above beneath you and then you've got flats either side of you so there's no heat going there so it's just really going to be on the walls that have windows typically yeah there you're going to see heat loss mm-hmm. so it's the same you know with doors internal doors doesn't really make a difference we get asked would you put insulation kind of a just the first floor of your ceiling or ceiling yeah. first yes. floor yes not really a huge amount of point yeah right because you kind of doesn't matter the heat will go up into the upstairs rooms mm-hmm. but so what we're trying to do in the whole of the installation masterclass is talk about the external elements, the ones that are facing the kind of the outside essentially. Mm-hmm. So doors so I have a front door and as you said it's got little stained glass panels on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're quite old. And one of the little bits of stained glass has popped out. And so I it was really cold last winter, so I used cling film and sellotape. <sighs> Very good. And I've just covered it.
0: So uh what was I was gonna say it doesn't seem like with that. No, I was I, mean, I think was it's really, the second
2: time you've mentioned I, it on the was, podcast, you're very proud. No,
1: of I it. I don't think it was. I think that's the first time It's I've the first time
0: mentioned we mentioned it, but we might have might have uh, I don't know. May have been a previous recording. Yes, that we didn't use in a previous day. Um, so I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna just move the conversation on uh, and just uh, talk about the security element. So so I think my, my view is on the on the external doors. They don't really serve much of a... Well, they do to an extent in terms of um, retaining the heat through the fabric. But really, they are quite a nice feature for security. Yeah. So, um, really heavy. It can be quite expensive. But reinforced means then, you know, you've got that added assurance that, you know... Who talks on
1: composite doors?
0: And then composite... So, composite of- doors
1: are made of different kind of materials to, to fulfill all your needs. Yeah. So, it has like a, a metal perimeter... And then within it, it's really well insulated. So it's kind of designed to be firmly efficient, very, very strong, all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they work very well. But I think the doors really, in terms of heat loss, it comes down to how well draft-proofed the door is. Yeah. Um, And so you can get foam around the door. So when it sort of hits the door frame, Mm -hmm. it's a seal, you can put a um, door brush at the bottom of the door. Yes. Um, to stop cold drafts coming
0: in. The Doras as well, you can put a Dora. Dora designs. Yes, Yeah. different different, like the, uh, what are you called? The uh, Little animals. island cows and the hedgehogs. Yeah, very They're
1: good. Quite cute. Very good. Um, but so, and I think that sort of goes back to windows as well. Similar thing. So you're looking at draft proofing around the windows. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes creates that seal between the window itself and the window frame. Yeah. And therefore you're stopping cold, cold air coming in.
0: So some so sometimes I'd say on the on the door part it might be a you might have a planning consideration so which is why you probably you see a lot of the say central London properties are ones that are in central urban areas that are still the original door it's because you know they're probably not allowed to replace it with yeah. a composite or you know one of those PVC ones yeah no, great. So, uh, I
1: agree so I do I prefer a wooden door to a new PVC door okay I think they look nicer yeah. Um, Anyway, that's just me.
0: Which then leads on to conservatories, just to (laughs) kind of uh, complete the loop there in terms of things that will quite have a glazing element to them. So, Mm -hmm. conservatories, yeah, you generally have them at the back of your properties, facing the garden, so uh, leading on from your living space.
1: Ideally south-facing. Is that my dog? (laughs) South-facing
0: because you've just... You've hit the kind of nail on the head because what you want there, you want it when it's warm and you're getting a lot of the sunlight. You want that. You want that solar radiance to kind of travel back into the conservatory, keep it nice and warm, so you can be mm. nice and comfortable, so yeah. have your tea and you know various things, activities. Tend to be south facing,
1: don't you conservatories? Sorry, they tend to be south facing. Yeah, you you don't like a conservatory, though, do you? I'm not
0: a fan, to be honest. Um, I would if if it was me, just because. Um, the sheer amount of glazing that they have, mm. and the realization that actually, you know, for for certain months of the year, it's it's unusable just because of the the heat loss you get through them. But if
1: if they're open, I think this is the big thing. We've talked about this, I think, briefly before. But if it's an open, um, i.e., there's no wall between, kind of the the entrance of it, so it becomes one big living area. Mm. So I say, if I have to open the door. To walk into my conservatory, It's like
0: a cold, unattached conservatory. Then I completely get
1: it. If it's really, really cold, yeah, then that's not going to be an unusable room unless I turn the heating on mm-hmm. aggressively. Whereas if it's open to my house, i.e., there's no wall there, <clears throat> then yes, also heat loss will occur. But provided there's heating on in the house, that heat will just flow out into the conservatory, I guess, keep it nice and warm, yeah. Well, but when heating's on, say they're efficient, um,
0: yeah. You still got to supplement. I think just if you can sit onto the right to the edge of the conservatory. So say you know you've got your radiators in the main part of the house. You you you've got that unset You've got the there's no wall there, so you walk straight through. Yeah. Then you get to the end, you are going to feel. What, very different. what would you
1: heat a conservatory with?
0: I would. Um, well, first of all, I'd, I'd have it detached from the property so i'd have the separating wall on the like
1: neighbours house ideally so you don't have to have <laughs> yes exactly
0: <laughs> or or underground yes uh, fine. so uh, which we should be a basement um, but i'd have i'd have the infrared Would you? yeah i have the infrared and, and so and even the um the medium wave infrared ones that kind of slightly glow mm. uh, just because they pack out a bit more, a bit punch. more punch yes that's it right. so just because the heat loss is significant, <clears throat> so you want something that's really hot to... But if I... Like so,
1: so say I fell for the advert or I won Bullseye or something a long time yeah. ago and got a free conservatory in the 80s. Is that what they used to do? Well, they used to give like speedboats in Bullseyes. Do you remember the Bullseye? Yeah, I remember Bullseye. Right. Do you yeah. remember the prices? They were yeah. just ridiculous. Anyway, so say I've got my, my conservatory from a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. What can I do to keep it warm?
0: Well I'll just knock it down, but uh <laughs> but if but if you didn't, if want you to didn't knock I, it down. I know I know you're Harry are fans of see on, on say on the roof of the conservatory you can get these panels basically, um that are you can just retrofit and just cover up some of the glazing. The so get
1: rid of glass, put insulation. So and reduce
0: glass. reduce that so then you have the sort of the, the vertical elements of them remaining, so to give you the light but the the roofing element you've got to become really well insulated. Um, and if you look into then, well, what I'd say is, so that's probably the most you can do. Um, but then, if you still kind of are up for the conservatory type look, you can get. Um,
1: do, do you get the
2: feeling it doesn't matter? Do you know I do? It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. You can
0: get, as I said in the other episode, I think it was episode five. Um, you can get uh, some made out of non-kind of traditional um, uh, materials. You can you can get panels that kind of slot in with you know lots of glazing elements to them. They look a little bit like conservatories, um, but they're not a conservatory. So it's not a conservatory, but so you take that. You take yeah. That. So I'll have the. It's not a conservatory. Fine. Conservatory.
1: Okay. The best kind.
0: Yeah. Um. Cool. So yeah, very little you can do, but obviously, this you know, in in the summer months, they are comfortable when you've got the sun. Nice.
1: I go as far as saying they're nice.
2: You know, I might say yeah. that too. I'm getting the subtle impression that yeah. little little you know, glass pins, maybe. Oh,
1: terrific!
0: Right. I was going to say just just one thing that we haven't. <laughs> Covered um, in, in, in the other um, episodes is how. Kind of, what do you do about kind of intermittent spaces? So, say, well, what, what do you do if, if next to your um, external wall you've got a cold g- uh, garage, for instance? So, so, so what do you garage. do with the? Cause people always say to me, "Well, look, I can't insulate that wall because you know I've got a adjacent garage or." So, so in that space. Or porch.
1: Yeah, in that space. So I would. Um, so if I'm to a garage. <laughs> and I have it against a house, I would insulate the wall inside the garage that's on the house. That's okay. the wall I would try and insulate. Mm-hmm. If can, you you put,
2: a, can you put external wall insulation on that kind of wall?
1: You can, but to be honest, you don't need to. So Because I, I just put something like Celotex, so a PIR board, mm-hmm. and slap that on the external wall of the house, so the internal wall of the garage, and then I'll just cover it in something slightly protective. Um, and that's going to be the cheapest way to do it by a country mark yeah. and that will stop that heat loss you get it because people it's a really good one like, you get it in things like um, some of those really old properties they have those they're almost like outhouses mm-hmm. and they're not I think the toilets used to be in there or something Yeah, but they're, they're very much connected to the back of the house mm-hmm. and so you can go in there and insulate that bit of the wall yes. and you don't get any heat loss through there Yes, so it's a good idea we get the same with some houses have um, parking spaces beneath them mm-hmm. and so they're they're kind of it's almost like your garage is, is kind of enveloped by the house, yeah. And so you get cold floor in the room above it, and the the wall that we talked about. And again, I know it's a bit annoying because you're making the garage smaller, but you're going to insulate the ceiling of the garage mm-hmm. and the wall of the garage, and that All again. Likewise, is
0: if say the the room is is below an alleyway or something like that, so and yeah. Then you want to install that app- or insulate that application. You know the the floor from underneath, yeah. ideally. Yeah. which kind of leads on to the next point. So, or sorry, the next element, which is floors. So floors. What's your uh, so there's, take there's on two effectiveness types of floor, there.
1: right? Two types of floor. So we have suspended timber and then the old ones. You jump up and down on them and you kind of feel a bit of an echo, mm-hmm. or solid. Yeah. And so we're are, in a we're in a solid. So we're in a solid floor. So mm-hmm. solid tends to be made of concrete, essentially or screed, and um, suspended timber <coughs> it tends to have uh, big wood. Batons, essentially, or joists, uh, and then they have the floorboards on those. Mm-hmm. If you have to any floor insulation, unless um, you're retrofitting the property with something else or it's a new build... I wouldn't retrofit insulation into a floor. Would, but how would you
0: say drafts and bits and pieces? So I put a rug down. Yeah.
1: Um, you can get bits. Do you remember that stuff? DraftX? Was it called DraftX? DraftX. Yeah. We and it was just like big, a big little credit card. Yeah, like a, sausages of yeah. foam insulation. And you'd use this credit card thing to basically squidge them between the, yes. between the floorboards. Yeah. Really good at stopping drafts. The floor itself, if you want to insulate a suspended timber floor, you would take up all the floorboards. And you can either lay a um, net over the whole of the floor and let that sag between the joists. Mm-hmm. And then you stuff insulation in, put your floor floorboard, floorboards back down. So that's one.
0: And it's not always easy to do that because sometimes when you're well, like, taking crack, the floorboards up, you can crack, can crack, crack them the and you have to replace so, them. So
1: the other way to do it with a suspended timber floor is to get a board like a, a PIR board, Celotex, Kingspan, mm-hmm. what was the other one you said? eco But it's a PIR example. So, but you can basically, you just cut that and that sits again between the joists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put the floorboards back down uh, if you have a solid floor different different ball game because you obviously need to put it you're not going to dig out a solid floor Yeah, unless you've got a, a digger time on your hands. <laughs> yeah. um, pneumatic drills yeah. uh, so you're going to put the insulation on top of the floor Yeah. and then you're going to put a new floor down um, and you might need vapour membranes and all sorts of things so obviously speak to the manufacturer before you do that sort of if, thing
2: if you were going to do that would that be a good time to put down underfloor heating or is it not worth it
1: uh, underfloor heating is really popular right? But and thats I think
0: that's probably a driving factor that's why you want to do it in the first place <coughs>
1: I think so mm. um, but they, they basically because what you don't want is you've got hot water travelling within a sort of concrete screed yeah within your hot water pipes travelling within that you don't want that heat going down you want it coming up so you insulate underneath it and then obviously all heat comes in right. that
2: would be the same with electric underput heating yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> but electric is slightly different because it can literally I think it can pretty much just sit in the thinnest screen ever um, but the uh, but if you're going to do floor insulation one of the major issues is if you don't want to take out whatever's there so if you have a solid floor and you don't want to get in your mat drill or drill out Yep. your floor height is going to suddenly get higher. So if I had 100mm of insulation, my ceiling comes down by 100mm, essentially. It means I've got to change my doors and everything, put new skirting boards on. So it becomes a bit of a faff. And we have convection heating systems here. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's... Yeah, because electric... <coughs> you know, heat rises.
0: Yeah, and electric, obviously, being extremely expensive, so then to then go for underfloor heating with electric, mm. you're kind of... Mm, Heating the rest of the house with um, gas, and then yeah. using the elements that you use the most for electric, you know, the building starts to rock it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Top of the cost to retrofit it as well.
1: So, but floors, I. It's always suggested on the EPC. I think when you when you look at kind of the EPC improvements, energy performance certificates of your own property, the things you can kind of do. So, solid wall insulation will be a double digit improvement. Cavity wall insulation will normally be a double digit improvement. Loft insulation, if you're going from nothing to an insulated loft, double-digit improvement. Floor insulation never does. And it's... It, heat <coughs> rises. Heat rises. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it seems relatively good because obviously there's a big area of it. But I would always suggest draft-proofing floor. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't bother insulating it. But that's my view.
0: And again, as you were saying, although so we're talking about um, ceilings, um, <coughs> intermittent ceilings and floors and flats and things like that. So you don't need to um, rather, <clears throat> well, you might want to, to so say if your flat is above a commercial premises, Yeah. so commercial premises that probably won't heat it when you need to heat it, which is during mm-hmm. the um, evenings and stuff, because mm-hmm. obviously the, the shops will be closed. So you might want to consider doing something for the floors there if, if it's cold enough, but obviously carpets are just as good. Yeah, carpets um, But then if you're, um, if you're above another flat, then you wouldn't want to insulate that floor because obviously the flat below is heating at the same yeah, time it's, it's heating. rising. So yeah, you, don't, you don't need to do anything. Well, inter- well use that use heating. Use the benefit. So it's an intermittent floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and likewise in a normal one-up, one-down, one one-down, one uh, one one-up house. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want to insulate, insulate between the floors. You want the heat to... Um, well, because it's just another adjoining heated space, really, like your yeah. rooms next to one another. So, yeah, I think yeah, that's um, floors. Um, I'd say, yeah, if, if it's a biggest project and you're doing all these other <coughs> bits and pieces like putting heat, heat pumps and that's, that's the thing we didn't mention. If you're doing heat pumps, then you want to do underfloor heating because the dispersion of that heat at the lower temperature... Yeah, uh, makes sense. ...makes sense, and then you want to obviously insulate those floors. We all know
1: I'm In the same way, you don't like conservatories. I don't like air source heat pumps.
0: I like ground source.
1: I like ground source. Um, Right, last one we're going to talk about. So, hot water tanks, pipes. Uh, So, this is relatively niche. And to be honest, it refers a lot to, if you were to insulate your loft, right, and you do it just above the ceiling, it creates an incredibly cold space because you're stopping the heat escaping into your loft space, right? So, in theory, all the pipe work tanks can be hit by really, really cold air, potentially freezing air. Mm -hmm. So, when we're talking about pipe lagging here, Or hot water tank jackets, sorry, cold water tank jackets. They're up in the loft, and you you buy specialist jackets for the cold water tanks. Mm -hmm. You go into B and Q or any other good hardware shop and grab those. Yes. Uh, And likewise with the lagging, Mm -hmm. um, you basically cut it, you slip down the lagging, and you wrap it around the pipe. Mm -hmm. And they come in different diameters uh, depending on the thickness of the pipe.
0: And, yeah, you need to really be careful when <coughs> have got those gravity-fed systems because, yeah, suddenly if you're um, putting lots of insulation down at the joist level, it's going to certainly impact the temperature that gets, you know, that interacts with the cold tank so you don't want those pipes to freeze. Because no, because that would be... Big, big trouble there. For, big issues. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think pipe lagging, apart from that, you know, you don't really see it that much.
0: You're, you're telling me that below the floor level if... So
1: yeah, so if so if you've got hot water, hot water pipes running to a, and if you have an island, for example, in the middle of your kitchen, mm. and you have hot water pipes running to that, you know, so you have a hot water pipe running to it, so you've got hot water out the tap on the island, that will tend to be lagged before that before the um, the screed is laid down, yeah, in the solid floor, yeah and that's because otherwise all the heat from that hot water by the time it gets from so the hot water cylinder yeah. to your tap will have cooled down because it would have gone into all the sort of concrete surrounding mm-hmm. so they tend to lag those before but aside from that you don't really see it that much to be honest
0: so um,
1: hot water tanks though yeah final one so if, you have a, so if you have an unvented system so time, mega flow a dual tank what's the brand you Ariston Ariston yeah um, they, they have insulated tanks, right? So the tank is already insulated to an inch of its life. If you have an old copper tank, mm-hmm. you need to get a jacket. And I mean, the amount of times you used to go and see these properties and the jacket was kind of, it was almost just sitting on it, but it wasn't kind of wrapping it. Yeah. It wasn't fulfilling any kind of requirements. I asked why, why, why <laughs> is your jacket
0: like that? And they said, oh no, well then, it defeats the purpose of an airing cupboard.
1: Um, and yeah. it, it kind of does the airing cover people use them to dry towels and stuff but the purpose of that jacket is to stop the heat escaping from the tank which means you save lots of money
2: uh, how many EPC points can a uh, like 20 quid hot water cylinder jacket give you 6 yeah I think it's up, up to about 5 I reckon so close enough but Ten given that it's only like yeah. literally kind of 20 quid yeah plus, definitely
1: then definitely worth doing
0: Yeah. but yeah if you're um, uh if it's, un- if it's an un- unvented system, then clearly there's no need to, no. to do that because it's all pressurised and it's all housed in, all the hot water is housed in, already insulated yeah. tanks, as you've said. Exactly. So it's only for the vented systems. Exactly. Okay, great stuff. So, uh, well, this might be worth, just so in terms of the measures there, um, people have asked us what, what, what can they do cheaply and themselves. So I think yeah. we've, we've um, mentioned them. But it's worth out just drawing them out again. So okay,
1: hot water tank. Loft. Yeah. yeah, so you can definitely definitely put a jacket on your hot water tank. Um, you can definitely put secondary glazing in your windows.
0: So if you use the um, the, the strip based eco um, eco ease yeah. type
1: thing, um, it's a really good one. Uh, conservatories, you can put a big uh, heat curtain mm-hmm. across it, a conservatory curtain between kind of the your house and the conservatory. Yep. And that'll help stop heat going out. Uh, roofs, I would get professional in to do it. Mm-hmm. Likewise, a door, if you want the door to open, I'd probably get someone who knows <laughs> what they're doing
0: to put one in. Floors, you wouldn't, in, well, unless you're really competent uh, <coughs> at DIY, you wouldn't want to do the floors yourself, but you probably. Unless you have
1: access from a basement. Yes. Yes, yeah, so if you can some, see some Sometimes got, you yeah. can see it. And you will go downstairs into the basement and you've got really clear, easy access mm-hmm. to the joists. And there you can stuff insulation. you've got
0: those old, um, what are they called? Uh, Coal basements. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Which is quite a rare thing, but you might still get them in town. Um, but then you can do the draft proofing on the floor. Draft
1: proofing, yeah, draft proofing everywhere around doors, loft hatch is a really yes. good place to draft one. Uh, chimneys, we haven't really touched chimneys, but you know, loads of hot air escapes out of chimney, mm-hmm. so you get chimney sheet, chimney balloons. Yep. That you can kind of put. I like up. the chimney sheet baths. Chimney sheet, really so. clever idea. Um, they're just uh, made of pool insulation, uh, and you just put them up.
0: Um, A Chimella or two.
1: Chimella, yeah, and various other chimney things.
0: Okay, so uh, I think, yeah, that's I think that's pretty much all, all, the, um, all, all the all the measures.
1: Should we come clean on this? Should we tell everyone what's happened?
2: Because yeah.
1: of the Friday the 13th. So, the 13th episode, last time, we, we have actually recorded this before. Um, however, uh, Harry on the audio screwed up. <laughs> Is that fair? No. And me on the video, I also screwed up as well. So uh, so we are re-recording it. So if you've listened and you're wondering when we're sort of talking about stuff that we may have talked about before, we may have talked about it before, you may not have heard it, but we've all heard it, because we recorded this one.
0: That's why I wasn't so excited ago. about your windows.
1: No, exactly, exactly. And coffee machines. But I wasn't. was, I was 20, 30th episode. Very
0: much in, your, uh, in your other thing.
1: What's he even doing?
0: But uh, I was just this calibrating, it's fine. But anyway, um, okay, so that's, that's sort of the master series. And what I'd say <laughs> is if, um, if, if folks out there have got any other things that we've missed out on or, or they want to ask questions, then certainly uh, put them in the comments. How, how comments would you get in touch with us? By email, by commenting on the YouTube channel. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter's one of them. Yeah, we've got um, Facebook. Yeah, LinkedIn. just talk
1: about the Green Age and a plethora but let's um get in touch with
0: us so definitely answer the question but before we go um it's quite a big story out there so this came towards the end of last week it's to do with smart meters that we talked about so it's to do with their rollout Mm. and uh uh, a a study was done i think by which or Citizen advice um no, it was, sorry, it was led by the National Audit Office. Sorry, I've just I've listed everyone out there. <laughs> National Audit Office, um, so they basically um, they look at when, when um, we spend sort of taxpayers' money for a scheme or something like that. They look at the individual departments and comment on how fairly it's being spent or okay. how they're achieving the targets, etc., cetera, et cetera. So you're, one of your favorite projects out there, which is HS2, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be lots of National Audit Office reports. I really hope in, so. In, in well, maybe there's just one. Let's cancel it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so the, the, the rollout has not gone completely to plan. We, we sort of knew this. They wouldn't have achieved the targets by 2020. Well, they,
1: I think one of the issues was... What was the protocol for the first one? Was it
2: STMP? It's a, SMET. SMET. Yeah.
1: What? So, the first batch of smart meters that came out... As soon as you change any providers, energy providers lost their smart capability. So they were rolling out, obviously, they had this aim to roll out millions and millions to every household. Mm-hmm. But the first sort of million or several million of them are essentially now useless, which is a spectacular waste of taxpayers' money. Do you have a
0: smart meter? No,
1: not so yet. So you're not
0: one of the 12.65 million homes that's got a smart meter, really? I'm not. Me neither well, I'm I. am I'm, I'm, I'm
1: genuinely keen to get one, but I just want to make sure they've decided that they're fixed and so kind of move from getting this.
0: Here, so out of the so this was by the end of 2018 it was the um, uh, national order office figures. So out of out of the two, 12.65 million of total uh, smart meters installed, only 240,000 are SMTP SM, SMETS two. So the se- second, second generation. The second generation. So. Um, Potentially well, math, twelve. Million. Maths is terrible at the minute, but I'd make that um, less than how many? 7, how, how many percent? So uh, well, even less than ten percent. So it's it's about um, it's about five percent.
1: Five percent can work.
0: Five percent are well. Five percent are second generation. So that means they can definitely talk if I change performance. Exactly. Them. So. Well, um my maths might not serve me, but two hundred and forty thousand out of twelve point six five million. So if you do Yeah, that.
1: no no, no. what's well, about five yep. percent? That is
0: So I was very nervous there that no, no no that's
1: fine, no yeah. Um that is interesting. That's
0: an incredible um, Waste of yeah. money? Well no, it's just it's um it's a disappointing figure, isn't it? And then what they're saying is we shouldn't really be um uh, citizen advice is saying that um well they should um, uh, extend should. our deadline to twenty twenty three. I've had Multiple requests from my supplier to come and fit it on my property. Why, why have you? Well, it's just the same worry. I'm not sure whether it's going to be a compatible. second second generation one because you know I might not want be with my supplier by the end because no, my supply deal ends at the end at the end of December of this year. So, and, but if be you, so, list. if I
1: have a if I have the first generation, do we do we know what happens? Can I no. get a second generation one for free? Presumably not.
0: I think so. We should do. If if that's gonna inhibit you changing suppliers, then surely the supplier that you're moving on to is obliged to make sure that that over so. is is um, you know, pain pain free, I suppose. You'd hope so. Yeah. That's gonna that but that's, but that, but means means that's not to, to say but it's not to say that every first generation meter is not compatible, it's to say that a lot of them are not, not compatible. So that's why right. they're moving on to the phase two technology. Okay, so we don't have any numbers But if there's, if there's anyone who knows Lots More about smart do. meters. Then do get in touch because yeah, it's a it's a massive. Um, well, it's only says The National Audit Office said installing it will now save consumers less than eleven pounds annually. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, that's it's fair because it doesn't. I think this it doesn't guarantee you. behavioural change. exactly. Yeah. Smart meters encourage behavioural changes that you may or may not adopt.
0: So if you adopt it, obviously it's going to be much bigger. Yes.
1: But there's loads of people that don't, and they skew the data.
2: There was a company that got um got got told off recently um, because they had an advert out saying that you would save an average of I can't remember how many pounds Um, and that was deemed to be untrue because again it has to you have to follow out the behavioural challenges. Give me two seconds.
0: Anyway so while Harry gets that piece of news for us to just say there was um, quite a nice piece in the Times quite recently so um, we're talking about nuclear power which is we are going to talk about nuclear power I want to do a whole section on nuclear power. Um, but um, it's sufficient technology, which is quite, um, you'd say, controversial because of some of the high impact.
1: Getting rid of nuclear
0: waste. Well, nuclear waste is one of them, but when things go wrong, so Chernobyl and yeah, yeah. the stuff in Japan, so, so when they had the. Getting rid of nuclear waste. <laughs> uh, which is, is probably the least of the worries, but the bigger worry is when, you know, if something were to inhibit the reactor while it's still alive, that mm-hmm. would be a, a bigger thing. Although, Accidents are quite high profile. It is considered to be one of the kind of safest way of, of uh, provision of uh, elec- of electricity. But anyway, if we could tackle fusion, which mm-hmm. is the bonding of the atom,
1: it says what happens on the sun.
0: Yes, uh, and produces way more power than mm-hmm. fission. Uh, then, then we'd be onto something. And it's saying that uh um, the UK scientists are leading the the charge towards towards that mm-hmm. uh, towards that goal. Where, so where are close. they from? uh well the, the the articles in 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 the times um it's uh where are the, i mean where are the so from? <laughs> uh it's it's, it's all from... to do with
2: brexit money um they they're worried so the the u k is going to be investing heavily in this in this neatlier fusion um u k atomic research. energy
0: authority u k a e a uh uh so it's it's um based in Cullum, oxfordshire so uh Okay. So
2: basically, they're putting the money in that the that the EU is going to be taking out because of Brexit, and they're worried that the scientists involved are going to run away to the rest of Europe and and carry out the um, carry out the research. So the UK is investing a lot of money to keep them okay. and for us to stay at the forefront of nuclear for fusion. There
1: we go. Okay. None. Because
0: you know, if we could obviously crack that, then what you know, wireless, uh, so- solar, and uh, wind are very novel ways and good, good renewable ways to to achieve a, a balanced. Uh, how do you say generation mix? They they do require a lot of space, and obviously, you know, if you can have a new, few nuclear power plants with the right type of nuclear power plant, then um, yeah, you, know, you don't need all that space, and you can generate mm-hmm. potentially a massive amount of.
1: Very clever. I did so. I was always under the impression that with nuclear. Fusion, fusion. Yeah, because we have fission at the moment. Fusion. I thought the the issue was that it took more power to produce energy at the moment to actually cause the reaction to occur than the energy that came back out of it. Right. Um. But obviously they're getting closer. Yeah. It's exciting times. It's
2: all right. We'll go further into it in our uh, in our nuclear episode. That would
1: be good. That would be good. Right. Anything else? Any other news? Uh, I was going to
0: say, I don't know the figures, but this was in in the Guardian last week and a lot of the other papers about our emissions targets. So, um, sorry, our emissions, total emissions fell Mm -hmm. and driven by um, one was the generation side. So there's more offshore wind and less coal. So coal's being slowly um, phased out, out, turned off. And... Uh, on the transport side, with the gains made through regulations, um, getting more cleaner vehicles onto the road. So, for instance, um, we've got the Mayor Scheme in London, the ULEZ, the ultra low emission zone, which has come to force this month. I think so. April 2019. So, yeah, you can you can go onto the ULEZ um, website on the TfL website and put your registration plate in and just Teddy. obviously double check whether you you know you, you meet the ultra low. You know the coal power plants. Yeah. Have they
1: closed due to an EU directive? Uh,
0: if we I do think, yeah.
1: leave the, EU, yeah, is there a chance that we'll just reopen them?
0: No, I don't think so. I think uh, despite the leaving the EU side of it, I think we've always been quite committed to, to tackling carbon emissions. So I think it goes above the or beyond the EU level. Okay, it's more sort of uh, global, good global scheme. So uh, yeah, I don't think. It's 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 irreversible. Good you That's that, what I there's, like there's, to hear. There's
2: been a new a new coal plant that's uh, getting pushed further and further through um, somewhere in the UK. I can't remember exactly, but it was last week in the news that it got through kind of uh, local council and everything. Um, I think it's somewhere in the Midlands, um, but I'll put a link. There we go.
1: There we go. So is it? I mean, is that episode thirteen over? Should we just remind people? Where they can listen to us.
2: Do it quickly. This is the longest oh, episode. <laughs>
1: right, do it quickly. So, you can listen us on Apple. If you want to listen, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, or go to the website, Nick's favourite method, because that's where he re-listens to all these episodes. He goes to the website, the and there's the a time. podcast button at the top. Click on it, and you can subscribe. If you want to watch us, YouTube, comment. Now, let us know your thoughts. We're getting some quite... Uh, nice feedback, actually, which I was pleasantly surprised about. Um, but uh, I think that's it for episode thirteen because we have we've we've gone on slightly longer. Yes. So is that is that it for everyone? Harry, thank you for joining us. Thank Mike you very much. Out. Mike's
0: up first time. Good
1: and uh, Rufus, thank you for being relatively quiet. And we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye.